Welcome to Mox on the Mic, your exclusive look into all things Chattanooga athletics. Here's your host, Chris Goforth. Welcome into Mox on the Mic. I'm Chris Goforth, and we are certainly glad to have you along with us. Special guest this week, we are going to visit with Michael Cross. He is the new commissioner of the Southern Conference. Had a chance to catch up with him at Southern Conference Football Media Day. And so uh, we got a chance to chat for just a little bit. We covered a lot of subjects. Yes, we did talk about conference expansion. Uh, we talked about name, image, and likeness. And so here's our conversation with Michael Cross, the brand-new commissioner of the Southern Conference. How much did you know about the Southern Conference? How familiar were you with this conference before uh, the position became available? So... The Southern Conference brand is really strong. Um, within athletic circles, when I had conversations with people and I told friends that I was uh, going to have this position, you know, there are two really good comments that I love from uh, friends, colleagues in the industry, etc. Uh, the first one was congratulations, which was very nice. And the second one was I love that conference. Like there's a, there's a recognition in the world of college athletics uh, as one of the oldest college athletic conferences in the country, as one of the um, conferences that have a really tight geographic footprint, as a conference that has strong leadership in your CEOs and in your uh, athletic directors, uh, and teams that have gone on to national success in a lot of different places over the course of its history, says we can be successful, we should try and be successful again, and honestly, I think we will be successful again. But we have to adapt, and we got to pivot. Like, there's the world's different. It's way different than it was just three years ago. Um, transfer portals changed the world. NIL has changed the world. Uh, we can't fear those things. We have to figure out uh, how to navigate within them. And we either got to play the game, change the game, or find a new game. Um, and we're not leaving Division One, so let's figure out how to play the game, and let's simultaneously figure out how to influence the game changes that allow us to be. Um, meaningfully competitive in the environment that we're in. Is conference expansion on the table? So conference expansion is an interesting question. Um, it's a it's a fun thing to talk about, particularly when you know yesterday across the ticker comes you know Colorado moving to the Big Twelve. Like this is everybody's favorite uh, summertime parlor game of how can I re reconfigure right. the, the schools in the uh, in the country to make this work really well for my school. Um, you know, I think when you think about expansion, uh, there's two primary reasons you're going to do it. It's either opportunity or necessity. And my goal is to have um, it be opportunity, but the opportunity being one where other schools look in the landscape and go, I want to call the Southern Conference and find out how I get into the Southern Conference because we have a lot of good things happening in this conference. Um We've got successful programs, exceptionally good athletes, great academics, and uh, strong competitive teams. So as people try to figure out what their place is and, and we're torturing, you know, we're going manifest destiny on conferences, uh, people are going to start looking back to what really makes sense for me. I might have jumped into a home that I thought was going to be a really good home, and it's not, what the, it's not the home I arrived in three, four, five years ago. So... I think people will start saying, does this make sense? Does it make sense all the flying, the travel, the demands on academics, the student-athlete experience? In ways that I'd like to think we're in a fantastic spot to have people start saying, 
You know what? Southern Conference is really a good spot for us, and um, making sure that the schools here go, yeah, we're staying. And in fact, they have this, the presidents have you know shown that commitment with the change to our bylaws, um, and then have other schools go. I want into that. I want into what they're doing. And today's part of that: having people see what we're about and what uh, what the strength of this conference is. Not just speaking of the Southern Conference, but FCS football in general. What's your number one concern? Well, the number one concern is making sure that there's a clear understanding of the quality of uh, football, because you're saying FCS, and FCS is really a football notion, uh, but the quality of our teams across all of our sports. You know, you look at the success that Furman had last year, for example, in the basketball tournament, like, that matters. Like, those things aren't a fluke. Um the ability of our teams to compete for a national championship in football, since we're here at Football Media Day, should be a realistic uh, opportunity. Uh, we are not impacted in this sport in the same way that other sports are uh, with the FBS football dollars. Like, that's a different tier. They're competing for a different championship. And our coaches, the quality of our athletes, uh, the investments people are making facility-wise, those are all helpful dynamics. And then we've got to do a good job within the conference office to make sure that we are positioning ourselves so that there's a clear understanding of the quality of our teams in the media, uh, both in this region and nationally, as well as uh, the extent to which uh, people who are making decisions about whether our teams are getting in or not from an at-large perspective understand how good these teams are uh, and are more than worthy of, of the bids they receive. Like This is a great conference football-wise, uh, and I think our teams are ready to show it this coming year. Do you anticipate the the money games, quote unquote, against Power Five teams? Do you anticipate that continuing? So the the money games against Power Five teams, those are individual campus decisions. You know, that's every school right now. I think thinks about their process of scheduling differently. I think. In all of our sports, your best opportunity to be successful is to act in a unified way and come to some agreed-upon terms about what does scheduling look like. Like, coaches talk all the time about control the controllables. Scheduling is something you can control, but the decisions that all nine of our football institutions make have impact on not only their institution, but the other eight in the conference. And that's a very real thing. Um, we need our teams to win their non-conference games. We need to make sure that we are playing in games that have uh, bearing and standing as it relates to the FCS selection process. And that's conversations we're going to get into down the road after I've had a chance to visit all the uh, all the campuses. Because people have different philosophies on these things. Uh, it'd be premature to say what we should do because I haven't talked to all those campuses. But as of right now, scheduling to me is an important question. Branding ourselves nationally is an important question. We've talked about SOCON Saturdays and the importance of having people in our region say Saturday afternoon or Saturday night, I want to go and watch you know, one of our teams in the conference play in my hometown because uh, FCS football is a great time. It really is. So. Name, image, and likeness. Do we see legislation? Well, do you mean NCAA legislation or do you mean uh, uh, the, the national legislation? Yeah, so uh, there's hope there. There's hope that we will see legislation nationally. Hope's not a strategy. And thankfully, there's a concerted effort on the part of conferences and the NCAA to work within the halls of Congress to try and make those changes. 
Um, but that's far from a sure thing. I mean, it is, you know, the gridlock nationally on this stuff is hard. Like, it's, it's hard to move anything forward. But interestingly, for whatever reason, college athletics is a bipartisan topic, and there's a lot of people who like to talk about college athletics. Um, so I'm optimistic there's a possibility. Uh, I hope it's this year. What the components of that are, I think, are really, really important. Um, who's making those decisions? How much control remains vested in the NCAA and in the conferences versus being handled at the national level, I think, is a really important question. So time will tell on that, but we're in a pretty good spot. So. You know, one of the unique things about this conference is you've got the mix of public schools, private schools, military institutions. D- does that make your job maybe a little more unique, say, than some of your some of your uh, your peers? Well, I don't know the, the life that my peers lead. So their, their challenges, I'm sure if you've got any of them on, uh, on an interview, they're all going to tell you, here's the unique challenges of my institutions. Here's the unique challenges of my conference. Like, we all have challenges. The hard part is we are in a business where it's a zero-sum game. You know, other than soccer, we've got a winner and a loser every contest. And, you know, unfortunately, this is a business that, most seasons end in a loss, except if you win a title. And that's a really hard thing. So getting ourselves in a situation where our conference members, um, that we're respecting all of their views, respecting all of their opportunities, respecting their challenges, and all 10 schools have those challenges, um, is part of an ongoing dialogue. I think the relationships between the CEOs, the relationships between the athletic directors, and the relationships I've seen here in the last, you know, 24 hours among our football coaches are good. They're competitive, but I don't sense a lot of undercurrent of, you know, not willing to work with people. You know, I don't sense a lot of gamesmanship. Like, those are great starting points where you can get to commonalities. I'm going to try and do a lot of listening, translating, and saying, all right, here's what I'm hearing everybody say. Here's what I think is a reasonable strategy. Here it is. React to it. Let's see where you think we can go. And then... People voted up or down, and hopefully we find up with six or ideally nine or ten yeses, and we weren't feeling in a pretty good spot. You and Mark Wharton have a little history together, going back to, going back to your days at Penn State. A little bit about uh, the relationship there. So uh, Mark was at Penn State before I arrived there. Uh, Mark was an incredibly successful fundraiser during his time at Penn State, and I was really fortunate to get to know him in the short time that we overlapped. Uh, obviously a very talented AD, named one of the athletic directors of the year this year, and uh, I'm excited to work with him. Uh, his involvement in the FCS selection committee, I think, is a key, key component. Uh, I look forward to him getting back in the country. He's traveling with one of his teams internationally right now. And when he gets back, uh, we'll definitely get into some conversations about some of the things we've talked about here related to positioning our teams and supporting his efforts, his efforts representing SOCON in uh, the national dialogue and the selection process. So he'll be well-armed with information that's come from our office, I can tell you that. You come from the Knight Commission. For those that don't know about that, a little bit about that and and your role. Sure. The Knight Commission on Intercollegiate Athletics is a, I'll call it a think tank, that deals with issues related to college athletics. And they're really focused on the education, health, safety, and success of college athletes. So unlike much of the things that we would talk about here, and there's a competitive aspect, they're very focused on making sure that athletes are, and their views and their rights, are, if you will, are being protected and thought about in a very thoughtful, data-driven, intelligent way. 
Um, my role with that group was the managing director of communication and policy. So I spent a lot of time thinking about what are our communication strategies, um, what are the types of things that we can do to unify our messaging, how does it impact our policy decisions. And so uh, really enjoyed working with them. I did it part-time as a consultant for a couple of years and then was on with them pretty much full-time uh, from January until I got this job this year. And, you know, for people who want to learn more about some thoughtful solutions to all the types of things you're asking about, nightcommission.org is the place to go. Um, incredible data sets regarding uh, financial data, incredible information and, and policy papers about how do you solve the, the Power 5 dilemma, the CFP positioning and things we should be thinking about there, equity in sports, a lot of great things. And, again, very, very thoughtful um, because they don't, have, they don't have a dog in the fight. They're not voting with self-interested approaches. They're trying to think about um, the good of the sport and the good of college athletics in total. And they do an amazing job. Amy Perko, the CEO there, is incredible. So really great, really great group. And the board of directors there is amazing. Commissioner, appreciate the time. I know we'll do this again, but uh, appreciate the time. Yeah, thank you. Thanks to Michael Cross for giving us some time. Look forward to seeing him in Chattanooga at some Mox games coming up this fall and, and on into basketball season as well. It's going to wrap it up for us this week here on Mox on the Mic. Make sure you smash that subscribe button. Also, rate us and review us. You can do that on Apple Podcast. For our producer, Tate Johnson, I'm Chris Goforth saying so long, everybody, and go Mox. Thanks for listening to Mox on the Mic. Please remember to rate, subscribe, and review. And we'll see you again soon.